You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. I'm Bray Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, it's Native American Heritage Month, and we are recommending books to celebrate. Also, you can uh, check off a little, uh, tick off a box from the Reading Glasses Challenge. Yes, I completely, yes, I completely forgot I put that on the challenge this year. That is, I think it's the last thing that we haven't talked about. It's the last thing. So this uh, reading a book that we recommend in this episode will help you complete the reading glasses challenge. Yeah. Uh, But first, what are you reading, Bria? I'm reading a book for my book club um, that I've never read before. It came out originally in 1973. It's called Burnt Offerings by Robert Morasco. Have you read it? Oh my God. You know what's really funny is I just watched that movie for the first time for yeah. Halloween because Jeremy and I were watching a ton of um, ton of scary movies for Halloween because it has Oliver Reed and Karen Black in it. And I have the book and I was like, oh, I really want to read this book. How was it? Uh, how is it? It's good so far. It's really good. It's like, it's really, I, I'll be honest with you. I was reading another book that came out this year that people seem to like. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to start reading my um uh, my book club book because my book club is coming up and uh, and I I completely got engrossed in it. Um, it is so good. It's good when you read these. I mean, from the seventies, so it's withstood the test of time, obviously, because people are still reading it. Um, but yeah, it's really good. It's Mallory. It's such Haunted a Mallory, house book. Mallory book. It's a it's a hot. It's a couple with a child who are like, I'm going to go to this house in the middle of nowhere. It seems so cheap. I, what could go wrong? Uh, this beautiful <laughs> house with these weirdo people who are letting us uh, live there. And the only weird catch is that um, their mother lives in the back and you have to bring them, you have to bring her a tray three times a day full of food and maybe she'll eat it and maybe she won't, but you never see her. Um, so it's just beautiful. Not this- creepy at all. <laughs> totally. So it's just like this young family and they go to this beautiful old country mansion um, and it's good. It's really well written. It is that typical setup, but I feel like when you read a book like this, you're like, oh, but this is a typical setup because a book like this like really established that setup, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But it's, and it's really great. Uh, what are you reading, Mallory? Uh, so I am reading a book that I actually found, I, I looked up because of this episode and it looks so good that I got it from the library. It's Monkey Beach uh, by Eden Robinson. And that's the only problem with doing reading glasses is whenever we do one of these episodes, my TBR just explodes. And I'm like, oh, that looks really, really good. Uh, this is a book I think that a lot of glassers would like. It is so cool. It, it's about this uh, young woman. She grew up on this reservation up in Canada. I think it's like north of Vancouver. And, but she, she can see with a capital S and she can, she has like, she can, she gets premonitions. She can see ghosts. She can see shapeshifters. And the book, uh, it, it, like it, it's all about her. She's journeying north to find her um, her brother who has died, and she's like trying to figure out the what, what happened with his death. But as she's going up, she's like telling you about her life and like her family, who they're really really funny, and they've like so if you liked that part of uh, if you like the parts of books where like people's families are hilarious, this is really really good. Like her her whole family struggles to kind of like combine native culture with Western culture. Like her uncle is like a native rights activist, but he's also obsessed with Elvis, <laughs> and it's just really really cool. She's a really cool main character, and so this like cool like magic supernatural stuff happening at the same time of like this that's mashed up with her trying to figure out what happened to her brother also mashed up with like her really really funny family it's just fantastic and i'm really enjoying it uh so that's monkey beach by eden robinson and mine is burnt offerings by robert morasco 
So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We had a listener question a while ago about what's the best pen to annotate a book with. Yes. Got a lot of feedback. Most right. importantly, from Bria's mom. Ah. <laughs> Thank you, Don. Uh, so Bria's mom wrote in with some hot pen tips, which uh, I don't know, maybe a clicking noise. Yeah, there you click, go. Click, 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 click. click, click. <laughs> Uh, so Bria's mom says, uh, Jen wrote in asking for suggestions for annotating her books. My favorite pens are Microns. They are permanent and don't bleed or fade. You can get them in several different thicknesses. My favorite is five millimeter and colors. And for not losing her pens in the couch, she could try these cool double barrel pen clips from Levenger. I've been using one on our menu planning journal. Yes, we create a menu every week and record it in a journal that I made. She does. Bria's mom is just literally the coolest person. She does. Um, or these notebook belts uh, from Levenger are cool too to keep your pens from uh, from getting lost. Uh, love, Dawn Mom. P.S. I just reserved girly drinks at uh, uh, Multnomah Co- County Library. I pre-ordered a copy too. Wow. Bria's mom is the coolest. Double. I will say this. She's a pretty. She's an expert in pens and pencils. She loves pens and pencils. She tends to give me one for Christmas. That she's like, this is the best one I have right now. So I would listen to this suggestion. She's a real pen influencer. A pen influencer, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> an influencer. There you go. Um, Elizabeth also wrote in with pen recommendations. Feedback for the listener looking for pens. I love Muji pens. That's M U J I. Uh, my favorites are the polycarbonate ballpoint pens, but the gel ink ballpoint pens are also great. They glide sm- really smoothly. Wow, we need to have a pen expert on here because there's so many people. This is so dorky. Uh, uh, they glide really smoothly without too much pressure and they don't bleed through the page. Perfect for marking up books. Um, I have a feeling this pen question is going to be the new bookmark question and you're going to get a lot of responses and strong opinions about pens. Um, Elizabeth, I think you're totally correct. Uh, and Jody wrote in with a wheelhouse, which is post-apocalyptic fiction, especially survival-based, uh, travelogues and books about hiking slash true nature stories, true nature stories. That's like mm. the nicer version of true crime. Yeah. <laughs> the flip side, uh, non-sexual romance, books based on punk rock music, queer slash magical graphic novels and essay collections. I love true nature stories is very, I don't know why that's very funny to me. No, I love it. I don't want that true murder. Give me a story about a real tree. Give me some true nature. (laughs) I love it. Uh, So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Quick bookmark from me on the day after this episode comes out. So that is Friday, November 19th. I am doing... A, uh, a live both co- cocktail class slash girly drinks talk. There's a link in the show notes. Um, and if you get a ticket, there, uh, there's an option to get a signed version of girly drinks from me. Um, well, I won't be sending it to you, but the people at the event will be sending it to you. And so in, interspersed throughout the talk that I'm going to do are going to be three cocktail classes uh, that teach you how to make three different cocktails that are uh, mentioned or talked about in the book. Uh, So if you are uh, interested in cocktails, you want to learn how to make cocktails, you want to see me talk about girly drinks, uh, this is a really great event to do. I'm super excited about it. Uh, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And so before we recommend books by Native and First Nations authors, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is supported in part by Get Abstract. 
Get Abstract believes in progress through knowledge. Since its foundation in 1999, the company's mission has been to give people the knowledge they need to make better decisions in business and in their private lives. Get Abstract finds, rates, and summarizes the top professional books, articles, and video talks into 10-minute abstracts. It offers over 22,000 summaries, which is pretty bonkers. We got to check out Get Abstract, and it is pretty freaking cool. Uh, there are summaries for all kinds of business books, marketing books, but there's also history books. Maybe there's a new dad book out there that you are very interested in the subject, but you just don't feel like committing to reading a big honking 800, 900 pages. You can just get into Get Abstract and what the, the way that it's set up is it'll tell you what, what the book is, about the book, the big takeaways from the book. It'll give you a summary. It is, it's awesome. It's like a distillation of all kinds of books that can help you in your life, especially if you're in business, if you're in marketing, it's just, it's awesome. You can try Get Abstract for free. If you're like, what is this? I want to check it out. You can Try it for free by visiting getab.li slash glasses. So that's getab.li slash glasses. Getab, G-E-T-A-B dot L-I slash glasses to try it out for free. Glasses. Look, it's a rough world out there, especially lately. I get it. So let's take care of our minds as best we can. I'm John Moe, host of Depression Mode with John Moe. Every week, I talk with comedians, actors, writers, musicians, doctors, therapists, and everyday folks about the obstacles that our world and our brains throw in front of us. Depression, anxiety, traumatic stress, all those mental health challenges that are way more common and more treatable than you might think. The first time I went to therapy, I was so ashamed, and I was like, can't believe I gotta go into therapy. Like, I thought I could be a man, and Humphrey Bogart was never in therapy. And then my dad said, yeah, but he smoked a carton of cigarettes a day. Give your mind a break, give yourself a break, and join me for Depression Mode with John Moe. This week, we're wishing you a happy Native American Heritage Month. For those of us in the U.S., we're going to celebrate by recommending books we love by Native authors here in America and First Nations, Inuit, and Métis authors in Canada. Uh, and also, as Bria mentioned at the top of the show, this also ticks off a box for you in, uh, on the Reading, Reading Glasses, Glasses Challenge. Challenge. Uh, so, Bria, what is your first recommendation for this? There's one I love to recommend because I blew me away, uh, and that is The Future Home of a Living God by Louise Erdrich. Um, I think she has another book out right now. I, I definitely recommended it from the library, but I don't think it's arrived yet. Um, but anyway, this one is basically it's fun sci-fi about a world in which women start giving um, birth to babies that look essentially primitive. Um, uh, and there's a Native American woman at, who is the main character and her name's Cedar and she's pregnant and she ends up being like on the run for the from the government because basically the government's like rounding up pregnant women to be like, we got to see what's going on with these babies. Um, uh, <laughs> what's going on with those babies? Over yes, there? <laughs> we got to see what's going on. So she's on the run and trying to make her way um, uh, back to where she was born. Um and, and be with her parents. Um, but yeah, so it's like a really cool, like sci-fi on the road, woman on a journey, um, uh, what apoc a surprise. apocalyptic 
but like not that different from our own world book. And I just really like her writing. I think it's really great. Um, yeah. What's your first pick, Mallory? Uh, so my first pick is a book that might be, I, we haven't got to the end of the year yet, but it might make it onto my favorite books of the year. It's White Magic by Alyssa Washuda. And so this is an ex- essay collection. It's nonfiction. Uh, it's a must read for anyone who's into like new agey or witchy shit. Uh, Washuda writes about, so all these essays, they're like sort of memoir essays about uh, her reconnecting to magical native practices after she experiences some trauma in her life and about her reclaiming those practices because a lot of them have been sort of taken over by white people and changed. And so her, the thing I love most about this book, besides the fact that the subject's really interesting, is her writing is like really engaging and easy to read. It's one of those books that you just like fall right into and are just like in that world. It's uh, it, she's so so smart and it's so um, again, it's just so easy to read. And so, if there's anyone in your life, uh, or maybe you are interested in tarot, astrology, any of that stuff, this is just like a must read for you. It's so fantastic. Uh, what is your next one? Well, we got to talk about Stephen Graham Jones. We do. We love Stephen Graham Jones. We love his books. Um, but the one that stuck with me the most was, I think it was last year's, or maybe it was the year before last, uh, The Only Good Indians. Um, it was uh, a big buzzy book of last year, for it sure. Was, it was. Um, uh, it follows four indigenous men who experienced a very disturbing event in their youth they were involved in. And then something is basically, I don't want to give too much away. It's kind of like something is plaguing them from the event. Um, and Stephen Graham Jones, like you got to be ready for a bunch of surreal, like makes you feel like, do I have a fever? I'm not sure. Like I'm reading this and I feel like I'm <laughs> on another plane of existence. Um, but also a lot of violence. So you have to le- be ready for like the disturbing yes nature of his writing, which I think we both really enjoy. Um, but yeah, The Only Good Indians, I think, is a really good one. What's your next one, Mallory? Uh, my next one is also extremely weird, but I love it so much. It's Split Tooth by Tanya Tayak, and it's, folks, this is a fucking weird one. Yeah. Uh, it's got content warnings for something, so look it up beforehand. It's the coolest thing about this book is just like the format. It's like a blend of prose and poetry and fiction and memoir, and all blended up with folk tales. It's about this young woman. She's it's in the seventies. She's it's in the Arctic and she lives on the tundra and she deals with domestic violence and abuse. Uh, but it's also about her finding friends and growing up. And it's just like a really cool coming of age story. Um, and it's so strange, but it's really beautiful. And it's, again, it's a tough read because there's moments where she's in scenes where she's dealing with violence and abuse. Um, but it's so bizarre and gorgeous that it's really worth it. So if you are someone who really loves lyrical writing, you love poetry, um, I, I, she's kind of on a journey. She's definitely on an internal journey. Mm. Uh, this is a really good one. <laughs> and it's because it, she lives on the tundra. It's a great book to read this time of year because it's all like oh, snowy. Yeah. It's like a really cool scene where she's like uh, laying by this frozen lake and looking up at the Northern Lights, which is like my dream in life to go see the Northern Lights. Um, and it's just fantastic. I, I really, really love this book. Uh, what is your next one? Oh, oh my gosh. We haven't talked about this book in a while. I know we haven't. So I thought I'd bring it back up. Um, it's Robo Apocalypse by Daniel H. Wilson. Uh, he is Cherokee and I really like his books. Um, I think this one in particular, uh, I chose because it has a whole part of the plot that takes place. So there is a, 
as you can imagine, a robo-apocalypse happening. <laughs> a uh, robo-apocalypse. Basically, there's an AI takeover happening. And there's, a, you know, the vast majority of us live in a place where there is tons of technology. So when the robos take over, <laughs> the robots take over. Uh, when the robots take over, um, uh, we're fucked. Uh, so he has this whole, um, there's a whole subplot or a whole plot that takes place in um um, Osage Nation, um, and it's run, an area run by the Osage Nation, like a, a, um, a particular tribe. And um, because they don't rely on technology in the same way the rest of the world does, they are able to survive this AI takeover and get away from all the AIs. And uh, uh, it's just a really interesting take on the an apocalypse like this. But like for people who like sci-fi out there, this is like you, a must read. Um, I've recommended this book a number of times. So yeah. It's a great one. And also, if you love the book, you can go back and listen to when we had Daniel on the show. Yeah, he was on to talk about not this book, though. What was he on to talk about? I think uh, he was ta- sci-fi. It was something with sci-fi or robots or something or something like that. I think he was on to talk about Clockwork talk about Cl- Dynasty back yeah. in 2017. Wow, so long wow. ago. Wow. Jeez, Louise. But yeah, it, it was a great episode. Yeah. Uh, so my next one is a YA book. It's a Latso by Darcy Little Badger. Uh, definitely a buzzy YA, recent YA book. Um, and I think a lot of glassers would be into it. I talked about it a little bit on the show a while ago. Uh, so it takes place in an America that's like a little bit different from our own. Uh, and there's more magic and monsters. Um, and the main character is this girl and her power is she can raise the ghosts of animals. And her best friend is like the ghost of her dog. Like when her dog passed away, it was fine because she was just like, all right, well, you're just my ghost dog now. And like they just kept being best friends, which is so adorable. Um, and the book opens up with um, her cousin dying. Again, not a spoiler. And she so she st- goes on this journey to, and uses this power of raising ghosts to investigate the death of her cousin. Um, so you've got cool magic. You've got animal friends. You've got small town secrets because as she's investigating the death of her cousin, she starts unraveling the all the secrets, like the dark secrets of this small town. It's just wicked, wicked good. A lot of good wheelhouse items. And uh, there's really b- beautiful illustrations. Like the book itself is really gorgeous. So if you want to get yourself a Christmas present or you're looking for like, a, this would also be a good present for a teen. If you're looking for like a book to get a teenager, this would be a really fantastic one. It's just like a, beautiful book and uh again so many glasser uh i'm trying to think of a a good word for just like popular glasser wheelhouse items like hot ticket glasser items oh yeah Uh a lot of hot tickets on this one (laughs) (laughs) uh so bria we're sharing our last author we are why tell us all about it i saw you put sheree dimeline in here and i was like you know i also so what i read for this uh part of the reading glasses challenge was this book um, uh, we both love her a lot. Um, Empire of Wild. I, I will say, I, I'm going to talk about Empire of Wild. You're going to talk about the Marrow Thieves, but, um, Empire of Wild is a book that has, I bring it up a lot because I think about it a lot. Like I think yeah. about this book. It comes up all the time. Cause I, there's so much to explore about like religion and cults and relationships. And I just have this really vivid image of the, one of the first things that happens in the show, the show, one of the first things that happens in the book is this woman, she goes into this tent in like a parking lot that's like, you know, a revival tent and she sees her long lost husband in there. And I have been in many a parking lot tent myself. And it just is like something that I think about a lot. And I, anytime I'm in a parking lot, I start to think about this book. And it's just like a very, 
vividly written book in a way that like it really stuck with me and I've thought about this woman a lot uh the main character so I I like Empire of Wild if you are interested in cults if you're interested in um uh uh just a really good like character driven story or werewolves monsters supernatural stuff for sure yeah th- I think there's all sorts of stuff in here for people and you you want to talk about also her book The Marrow Thieves which, Britt, you need to read this book. This I is know, such, I know. It's, it's very funny to me that you are recommending the werewolf book she wrote, and I am recommending the sci-fi, <laughs> people on a journey, post-apocalyptic book. Um, so, yeah, I obviously were huge fans of her, um, and I, but I, and you would expect me to talk about Empire Wild because Meryl Thieves is just like not a very Mallory book, but I loved it. It's YA, it's sci-fi. And I picked it uh, as a sword and laser book club book uh, when Bria and I were each um, guest hosting sword and laser at the start of the year. Um, and I just had such an absolute blast reading it and talking talking about it with tom Merritt, check out um check out that episode of sword and laser if you want to hear me talk about it like in in a spoilery way so it's about a post-apocalyptic north america and the whole thing is people can't dream anymore besides the fact that like climate change has completely decimated the world that's another big aspect of the book is climate change but people can't dream anymore except for the indigenous peoples of north america um, they and what's happening is they're being hunted for their bone marrow, which is where the title comes from, because it's believed that if these if like people eat the bone marrow of indigenous people, it will restore their ability to dream. We don't even know if that's true, but that's what people believe. Mm-hmm. And so the book follows Frenchie. He's this teen boy, and he's traveling with this like band of people, this band of indigenous people, and they're running and and hiding from the groups of um of people who are hunting them down for their marrow. And also all of the, um, it's really, really interesting because all the people in their band, like they're not all from the same tribes. They're all from different peoples, but there's, uh, there's still some, some similarities and they're bonding with each other and trying to find commonalities. And uh, she just creates this like really fascinating and scary world. But the thing that I love the most about it is it's one of those sci-fi books where the focus on the book is, Frenchie and like his friends and like his crush and like him trying to come of age in this ridiculous world without his like a father figure around and it's just like his personal drama is in the foreground and like this amazing amazingly built sci-fi world is in the background and the sequel just got released which is I think it's called The Hunting Stars um, and I've got it on hold at the library I'm really really excited I think I'm like number two in line I'm like give, give me that book <laughs> Uh, I can't wait. She's just like, she's definitely become like an auto read author for me. Anything that she comes out with now, I'm like, all right, give me it. Cool. Uh, So you can send your thoughts and recommendations to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Before we review some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Reading glasses is sponsored in part this week by my best friend, Soylent. I am literally drinking Soylent as I am reading this ad for you. What is Soylent? It's the original food tech company. They make delicious and nutritious nutrition products in convenient formats. I'm obsessed with the complete meal. It is convenient, ready to drink shake. It comes in a powder format, but I like the shake because I just don't want to do any more work. It's got 20 grams of plant-based protein, 39 essential nutrients, healthy fats, 400 calories of slow burning carbs, all in one delicious serving that tastes really good. As a power lifter, I have had many experiences with 
protein shakes and complete meal shakes and most of them taste really chalky and gross and I love the Soylent complete meal. I get it in the vanilla flavor. It is my favorite breakfast. I literally woke up this morning and was like, mm, I should make some breakfast, but I don't feel like it. So I just grabbed one of my Soylent shakes out of the fridge and now I can go about my day. I can work on the podcast. I can work on my next book with uh, you know, actual fuel in my stomach instead of just coffee. It really has improved my life. And again, I love the taste. I drink it in vanilla, but there's obviously chocolate, the world's most popular flavor and Bria's favorite. But they have chai, they have mocha, they have strawberry, they have banana. There's so many different flavors and they're all really good. We got to try them all, but Vanilla is my favorite. They've also got complete energy drinks, complete protein drinks. They have the little squares, which is what Bria loves. Uh, they're this called Soylent Squared. They're these little small uh, snack bars. They're 100 calories and they're great. You can throw it in your tote bag and just have it as a snack on the go. Um, if you are looking to just, you know, you don't have time to have a full meal, but you don't want to run on an empty stomach. They're just fantastic. They're great for a busy lifestyle. It's, it's the quickest, easiest meal on the planet. There's no cooking there's no cleanup which is a huge bonus for me and it's complete balanced nutrition made from u.s grown sustainable sourced ingredients which means it's good for you but also good for the planet we just love it again i i signed up for a subscription i get a package of soylent delivered to my house twice a month and really jeremy and i love it it is prevented us from skipping meals and going hungry all day in that like weird 3 p.m. feeling when you're like, why is my brain not working? Oh, right. I haven't eaten anything today. Soylent prevents all that. And it really just has improved my life. I love it. So you can go to Soylent.com slash glasses and use code glasses to get 20% off your first order. That's Soylent.com slash glasses and use code glasses for 20% off your first order. Soylent.com slash glasses and code glasses. Glasses. You're in the theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she stand up to her? Oh, good God. Do I need to stand up to my own mother? We never know when we'll see ourselves in a movie, but that search for recognition is exactly what we're going to talk about on the podcast Feeling Seen with me, Jordan Cruciola. Each episode, we'll bring in a guest to talk about the films that they see themselves in and also the ways that movies have fallen short. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Seen podcast here on Maximum Fun or wherever you find your podcasts. Now let's look at some book tech advances in bookish technology. This week, we're reviewing some book tech sent to us by Danielle. They're straight out of the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt like very, like I was back in the 90s while I was, while I was doing, while I was checking out these bookmarks. So they're basically, they're these black bookmarks that when you scratch them with a little wooden stick or like draw on them, they reveal rainbow colors underneath. Uh, and the package comes with a bunch of the bookmarks, the little wooden sticks, and then plastic sleeves to put the finished bookmark in and then some ribbons to tie to them. Uh, Bria, what did you think of these bookmarks? 
Yeah, well, and they're actually called Scratch Bookmarks. That's the name of oh, them perfect. if you're looking for these. So I thought I was being lazy by calling them nope. the Scratch Bookmarks. I, but, oh. On the cover, we'll, obviously, we'll post this on the Instagram. Uh, pretty much explains everything. These, they're called Scratch Bookmarks. Um, you scratch in what you want in black, and it's all rainbow and cute underneath. Um, I think this is a fun activity for kids. Um, I, or for adults, you know, I'm not judging Why you, not? whatever you want to do. Uh, <laughs> and on our bookmark scale, we don't have fun. We don't have a fun, <laughs> we're like rigidness, length, but what about fun? We what about experiential? <laughs> we didn't do experiential We aspects. had sentimentality, but uh, I think fun is something that we should definitely add. I would say these are more of an activity than a bookmark. You know, like it's something you can bring and like hang out and do together and whatever. Um, I think we both wrote reading glasses on ours, which is really funny. Is that what you yeah. did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just wrote reading glasses because <laughs> I thought it would be cool. Same. And I can see how if someone, uh, I am not great with a pen or a, or a scratcher, but if you were a real artist, you could really make something really interesting here. Um, I don't know how long they're going to last with this out this plastic covering, which is probably why they give you that plastic covering, this little oh, like sure. thing to put it in there. But these get a five out of five for me because I think just the creative fun aspect of it, um, it's a great gift, um, but also just like they're fun. They're fun thing to do if you are like, you know, like, oh, let's make our own bookmarks with someone who's also like creative and fun. Um, I use the word fun like 50 times. Put that in your advertising scratch bookmarks. Uh, Mallory, what, mm-hmm. what do you think? Fun or not I mean, fun? Uh, fun? Definitely fun for me. I think they're they're wicked cute. Um, if you're looking for a good activity for kids, especially one that might make your kid more excited about reading, or if your kid is already excited about reading and, and loves bookmarks, uh, these are great. I made one, obviously, that said reading glasses on sure. it because yes, of course. Yeah, why? Why, why else? Uh, Got to do it for our Instagram. Uh, and I put it in the sleeve. I tied it with a ribbon. It's cute as hell. It's really easy to do. Um, on the reading glasses bookmark scale, these definitely aren't the best bookmarks in the world. High marks for fun, but um, low marks probably in almost everything else because um, they're kind of crinkly. They're light. Um, they're, so they don't have a lot of heft to them. Um, but they're great for kids, you know. And like you said, the plastic sleeve really makes it. I think that's what, uh, you know, helps a lot. One, to protect the 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 drawing or whatever you write on the bookmark but also it makes it easy to clean if your kid gets like peanut butter or something on it like I don't know aren't yeah. kids all, always covered in peanut butter and jelly pretty much I I wonder if like if you just put this in your book I wonder if it would start to rub off like the rub off the because you do have you to scratch but you don't just scratch that hard to get the black stuff off. we can test it out I can start using the one that I made um and because of that I'm gonna give it four out of five pages but honestly with the holidays coming up I really think this would be like a perfect stocking stuffer for a yeah. kid yeah I agree. you know because they're not that it's I think it's less than twenty dollars right yeah I, I don't yeah they are less than twenty dollars and there's many kinds wow I'm looking at some right now that have also like little animal heads on them so you can make you can like draw a little uh, a little cat head or a little bear head or something like the wow. top is that. So the, there's so many kinds of these. The ones we got are just the plain ones. But yeah, it looks like there's many kinds of these. People at home with kids are like, yeah, duh, we do these all the time. Whatever, they're new to us. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I really, I, I, I would highly recommend this as a fun not super expensive thing to get for your kid as, as an activity or just something to stuff in that stocking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so if you've got some book tech that you want us to test out, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com or you can check out the wish list in our show notes. Bria just put a bunch of stuff on there. I love when I get email notifications that like, 
let's say that we put that Brie is putting new stuff on there because um, there's 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 candles, there's book tech, there's all kinds of stuff. Pins on there. We'll put these pins on there and touch the testimony. Oh, that's a really good idea. Time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Helen writes in. Here's my latest reading problem. I love that. It seems like Helen is has some reading problems. I'm glad that we can solve them. Great. Um, <laughs> here's, here's the latest thing that's going on with me. Helen, I hope that we can help. Uh, I just finished reading a nonfiction book on an e-reader with a pretty sizable bibliography. I would like to make a record of this bibliography for future reading, but really I am way too lazy to sit down and manually write out the list of books. I do not blame you, Helen. Is there a way to save a bibliography from an ebook that you have borrowed from the library so you have the bibliography after you've returned the book? Suggestions are welcome. Thanks. Bria, so you're the e-reader queen. Um, shouldn't she be able to save this? Yeah, you should be able to. Now, if it's a footnote, I'm not sure, but you should be able to go into the bibliography, highlight it, and if you have... A Kindle, I'm not sure if it's a, Co- a Kobo, but I would assume a Kobo works the same way. Uh, you should be able to highlight it and save it, and it automatically will save, even if it's returned to the library. So anything I've saved, uh, like if I save a hi- or highlight a passage, it all is on my like Kindle highlights, um, which I can look on on the internet or I think on the Kindle itself. So you should just be able to highlight it. Um, if that doesn't work, let us know. But that that should work for Helen. Uh, do yeah. You, do you I have mean, any if, other suggestions? If, yeah. I mean, if she wants to have it on her at all times, she can even take a picture of the bibliography with her phone or like open it up on her phone and take a screenshot. Totally. Uh, I, I do that sometimes just because when I like, especially if I'm looking, I used to do this when, cause I don't, I'm not in physical bookstores as much as I was before the pandemic, but I would do this when, um, I was, uh, would go to Skylight Books all the time in person and, um, just nice to have to look at like if you're walking to a bookstore and you're like every time you walk into a bookstore at least I do all of a sudden all the things that I wanted fly out my uh, uh, like completely fly out of my head and I'm just like oh yeah so many books and then I just want to look at everything and it helps to have something on me to look at to be like oh yeah this is what I want this is what I'm looking for um to kind of guide me and um yeah it just depends I guess it depends on what she's reading it on like if she's uh using it Via Libby, she can look at it both on her e-reader and on her phone. Yeah, I see. So you can screenshot on the phone. Yeah. Yeah, that would probably be easier. I mean, the photo idea is great. I do it, you know, I outline um, whatever I'm writing and I make cards. I use like a card system most of the time and at least at the very beginning. And I just take a photo of all the cards instead of like trying to keep the cards in order because sometimes they get out of order and then you're like, oh no, yeah. this was a second act thing and I have it in the first <laughs> act. Um, oh no. So like, yeah, a phone photo, if you, ha- smartphones have really changed the way we have to like remember things. We don't have to remember half the oh, shit God. you used to. Uh, oh my God. So, yeah. I was thinking about that the other day when Jeremy and I were watching a movie and I couldn't figure out what movie someone that was in that movie had been in before. You remember like when we were kids, like that was it. You just had to wonder. I always think about my dad knows, or my dad used to know so much poetry, like off the top of his head. And I'm like, oh, there was a time where we memorized poetry. Cause like, maybe you couldn't find that poem. You couldn't go on Google and be like, what was that poem? Like you would go and like, you had to like memorize it as a child. It was like yeah. an important thing. Wow. Yeah. yeah no more memorizing no more uh, reading the backs of shampoo bottles when you're peeing. Uh, yeah. Or cereal boxes. The cereal boxes. It's really Not changed while you're things. Peeing, but while you're eating breakfast. 
Um, <laughs> I was going to say, it's very weird if you brought your cereal in the bathroom. <laughs> You don't have like a morning bathroom cereal? Uh, you know, when you want to be really efficient and get your morning pee out while eating breakfast at the same time. And you're going to read at the same time too. That seems like a lot. There's a lot happening here. <laughs> you know, for those really efficient people. Um, but yeah, Helen, let us know. Because um, I assume that the bibliography is no different from the rest of the content in the book and you should just be able to copy it and put it in your highlights and then you have it forever. So if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page, and the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group. Remember, if you want some cool stuff that shows your love of reading, shows your love of reading glasses, supports us directly, uh, you can go to our amazing store over at Void Merch. We have tote bags. We have shirts. We have pillows. Uh, that's what I really love about our store is that Jordan made it so that people can get t-shirts in various styles and various colors. There's really cool mugs and totes that you can get in different sizes. I was really surprised when I went to go look at the mugs. Um, you can get them in two different mug sizes. What? So there's like regular mug and then like huge fucking mug. Wow. I didn't know that. That's cool. I did not know. It's really, you can even get the tote bag in different sizes. Yeah, it is. It's such a huge step step up for us. There's so many different options. And again, when you buy stuff from our, that store, you are supporting us directly. It's pretty cool. Uh, so there's a link in the show notes to that. And if you like the show, you want to do something nice for us, rate and review us on iTunes. It really makes a difference for us. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast. On Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for reading. Thanks for reading.